Hello and welcome to Wavemakers, the podcast where we get to know the ocean and water tech and the people behind these blue technologies that are destined to become climate solutions. I'm Tamara Khan, your guide through this wet and wild world of blue tech here on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Before I dive in today, I want to get real with you for a moment because this podcast is a labor of love for me and not to mention a personal development project and I'm learning with every episode. The previous episode was actually a really great learning exercise for me in rolling with the conversation. I always go in hoping to convey something or some things, but often my guest mentions something interesting and it's hard not to go that route instead. If you have something you've heard from a guest or we've touched on a topic that you want to know more about, please send me a message via LinkedIn or email tamara at ladybluetech.com. Meanwhile, speaking of being excited about something and following that excitement and curiosity, today I get to speak with two inspiring women who to me seem to be following their dreams. I've been looking so forward to catching up with these two remarkable wave makers that I met back in 2019 at a conference, I believe. Admittedly, their company, Lofoten Seaweed, and I hope I said that right, they're going to have to correct me, is more part of the blue economy than blue tech specifically. But their innovative thinking and creative approach is still one of those companies that can hopefully and probably already is having a positive impact on our world's oceans. Tamara Singer and Angelita Eriksson hand harvest seaweed surrounding an archipelago in northern Norway. I've worked on these waters and I can tell you firsthand it's a rough place to work. Some of the turbulence can be attributed to the mixing of warm waters from the Gulf Stream and the cold Arctic currents. But what I was reminded of recently by the Lofoten team is that these stormy waters help drive nutrients up from the deep water. So this is some healthy seaweed we're talking about. But let me let the experts get into that. Welcome to the show, Tamara and Angelita. Thank you so much. So nice to be here. Yes, thank you. And and I have to say you pronounced the name perfectly. You might have even pronounced it better than I do. So well done on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I guess we'll have to get straight into that then, your background between you and Angelita. And um, I know we've got some great accents on the show today. So there's, I always like to start with your background, how you got here and why. And it's um, a funny story. I'm actually a physiotherapist and uh, I met Tamara in 2006 doing our master's degree in Australia of all things. And we always said that we would start a business together, but obviously we thought it would be something within uh, physiotherapy. Uh, but the other part of my story is that I'm a fisherman's daughter and I grew up uh, working with my dad since the age of 10. So in Lofoten, child labor is very common. And as a 10 year old, you have to cut the fish tongues and you have to bait the long lines and really make your uh, uh, way to get the family business running. So working with and off the ocean has always been a part of me and the ocean's been like a family. We always depended on it for, you know, for our livelihood. But seaweed, that was just something I was playing in uh, on the shores and was never considered to be like a typical sort of food for us here in the north it would all this these islands and norway as a country is as you know based on fish and fish production 
So um, I um, I moved away as soon as I could from these islands and worked as a physiotherapist, you know, around the world with national sports teams. But at one point, that job got quite exhausting and I was longing back to the mountains and the ocean. And at the same time, I was also researching about how to eat healthy, how to get nutritious and real food in my body. Uh, And then I came across seaweed and I was just blown away by this amazing uh, food source. It, it, It was really just a superfood from the ocean. And I was just like, why has no one told me about this? It's the most nutritious plant on the planet. And I have it right on my doorstep here in Lofoten. So I just read everything I could. I called everyone that had mentioned that they knew anything about seaweed in Norway in 2016. And that was not a lot of people. Uh, So I dug in and I um, just realized that there were so many unanswered questions. Um, So at the same time, I was asking Tamara a lot about seaweed because her mom is Japanese and she grew up uh, eating seaweed every day and she can tell you more about that but for me this was so new that I just needed to know everything so uh, I started harvesting a little bit and then um, trying it out and Tamara and her mom um, helped out with how I should use it I have to just jump in there because I really love this kind of origin story where you're two grad students and and friends and you know you're going to start a business together, but it's such a different business than you would have imagined. But of course, it makes sense that you were drawn back home and back to something that you, you love and found new love for. That's I, I want to get into that superfood quality of seaweed, actually, but uh, I guess I'd love to hear the the version from Tamara's side as well. And while I'm at it, can can I just address that my guest today, Tamara Singer, and I share a, a name, so um, don't get confused. <laughs> right. And and Tamara, tell a little bit about your background as well, so we can join it together and. And continue the story. I will. Yes. Well, I mean, just as Angelita said, um, I also, I guess I had that dream job as a physiotherapist. I was living in London um, and um, Angelita managed to lure me over to Norway uh, originally by introducing me to one of her childhood friends who's from Lofoten. And, uh, yeah, so like many other people, love uh, caused me to move to Norway. Um, and I started also working as a physical therapist, you say, in the U.S. Um, at the start. But, yeah, Angelita started calling me and asking me about seaweed. And I didn't really know all the answers, but I was calling my mum and asking her. And she was telling me a lot of the answers. And then I would call Angelita back and yeah, just the ball just started rolling there. And I think it was when I had decided to move up to Lofoten and we invited my mum to visit. Um, and Angelita went out and she picked all the different types of seaweed that she'd sort of found growing along the shoreline that she had read about and knew could be potentially a good um, food source. 
Um, and we showed them to my mum and she just looked at that and she was saying, oh yeah, this is wakame and this is kombu and we can do this with this. And she just made this whole range of Japanese dishes with all the different types of seaweed she'd picked. Oh, wow. I'm smiling from ear to ear. It's so amazing. And and Angelita, I'm imagining you, sorry, Angelita, my bad. You, I'm imagining you in this a pretty thick wetsuit, I imagine, in the water, picking all the seaweed because it's cold. Yeah, uh, you know, that is one of the thickest wetsuits you can get. And um, it, it can get pretty cold in the waters. But, you know, I grew up here. This is what I'm used to. So um, tomorrow I is uh, still saying I'm the only one who can pick seaweed with my bare hands like a Viking. Uh, I still do. But uh, <laughs> that suit really helps a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Super. And you brought over Tamara's mom from... from- New Zealand, is it? Or from yes, Japan? yeah. So she, um, she she lives in New Zealand now, but she's from Japan originally. Um, yes, and when she made all these different dishes, we kind of, because we knew that this could be a good idea, we knew that there was a lot of seaweed and we knew it was really healthy for you. What we didn't yet know was whether the quality was good enough, whether what the taste was like. Um, and so when she made these dishes and we all tried them, we kind of waited in anticipation to see what she thought. Um, and, you know, my mum, she's not a chef, but she is an incredible home cook. Um, and so I've been spoiled with these incredible Japanese dishes growing up all my life. Um, and she's also not the type of person that gives compliments very easily. I don't know if you're very aware of the Asian culture. But she, uh, you know, like when I was, when I'd come home from an exam and I'd scored 99% on a test and I was so excited and then she would say, um, what happened to the last 1%? That was the kind of upbringing I had. Um, So we kind of waited for her answer to see what she thought. And um, she said, it's really good. And it was kind of that moment um, that we thought, oh, maybe we've really got something here, maybe. And that, that moment gave us the confidence to kind of take the business forward um, to the next level. Okay, so we had quite the pivotal moment there, or as um, a friend of mine at NASA likes to say, it's a gravity assist, that moment where you go off in the direction that you're meant to go. And it sounds like that's exactly what you you ladies have done. Um, and from what I can tell, things are going quite well. Uh, let's get into, well, we've talked a little bit about seaweed as a superfood and, um, I, I want to know how the business is going, how it's been, you know, your views of, for instance, seaweed have changed and, and what you've been doing to build this business since I, I actually met you at that conference I mentioned in 2019, uh, it's called Nor Shipping, and there was a Blue Economy Hall. Maybe you can talk a little at first about why were you there and what's happened since? 
Well, you know, we were very lucky back in those early days um, to get asked uh, by uh, the major bank here in Norway called DNB um, to be part of a national commercial for them, which was shown absolutely everywhere in cinemas and on TV and in the airports and uh, down downtown on the high streets. Um, so it was a, a huge opportunity um, for us uh, and the company and um that they were trying to promote that they not only work with the um, uh, big businesses in Norway, but also with startups. So we were their kind of startup icon. Um, and as part of that, they had a stand at Nor Shipping and asked if we would like to um, have to come and stand with them and have our products there. So that was, again, that was a huge opportunity for us. We were so new and so young and we just launched our products and it was the first time we'd been at anything like that. And um, we, about um, halfway through the um, the expo, we got told that the uh, Prince of Norway was coming to visit our stand uh, 10 minutes before he walked <laughs> in. Right. Um, so, and I always have to tell this story because, you know, I haven't really followed the royals in Norway and I was really worried that I wouldn't recognise which one he was. Uh, so I said to Angelita, you have to tell me when he comes and which one he is. What if I don't recognise him? That will be so embarrassing. But it was um, quite obvious because he had a whole entourage and all the security and all the media and he was just surrounded by yeah, a lot of people. So um, there was no confusion when he uh, came up to our stand. And, um, yeah, and so <laughs> I had a similar experience. We, we were warned about 10 minutes before and for some reason I was the one who had to present some of the businesses at our stand for, oh, for the Prince of Norway. So I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he visited you too. Well, I wonder if he got confused visiting two Tamaras. <laughs> <laughs> I hope yeah. so. I I think it's pretty amazing that both the the bank made made you that offer and was interested in helping you and then of course the prince was interested in speaking to you so it says a lot to Norway and their efforts with with um their changing blue economy I I think. Do you remember how DMB found you? Uh, yep, it was through a, the marketing agency that was creating the advertisement for them. Actually, one of them knew Angelita um, and um, sort of reached out and suggested our company. And they presented, I think, multiple companies forward to DMB, and then they had to choose which one they wanted to go with. And so we were lucky enough to be chosen. I think you know it's so it's so unique what we do. So. Um, yeah, it is so special that you have two female entrepreneurs working with mm -hmm. a sustainable business with the ocean up north. We're ticking a lot of boxes, you know, for uh, for an interesting um, startup company at that time. For sure. I think we could learn a lot from that mentality here in the U.S. So that's interesting to listen to. And I, I was also wondering, it's it was a unique company for sure, but... Do Norwegians eat a lot of seaweed as it is? Or oh, I probably can answer that question. <laughs> and as I mentioned, uh, this country was built <clears throat> on fish and stockfish, especially. That's what we are known for here in Lofoten. So no, uh, seaweed has not been a part of 
my diet uh, from I was a kid and my dad the fisherman he thought I was absolutely mad starting <laughs> seaweed business but now he is uh, uh, one of our biggest fans so traditionally seaweed has been used for um, to feed uh, uh, cows and sheep uh, in Lofoten and used in you know tough times during war to have more nutritious um, ingredients it's, you know, in bread and so on. Uh, but what we learned along our way is that the Vikings did use seaweed uh, in their diet. They actually, um, there is a species called uh, dulse uh, that has a very high um, level, um, vitamin C uh, level. And uh, they used them to avoid scurvy uh, sure. while they were out raiding and fighting <laughs> so seaweed and stockfish um they also used it as a beer snack um so Lofoten has a, a, a big viking heritage uh so it was very uh interesting to uh, to learn all about these things that i've never uh, ever heard of before what a fun journey to be on you know you you find something you love and enjoy and it all kind of comes together and you get to keep learning. That is a, a dream for sure. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, in Japan, which is also another country surrounded by the ocean, um, they have this very long and strong history of eating seaweed. Um, and you sort of begin to question, well, why is it that they did that? And why is it that Norway didn't continue or, yeah, that there isn't that same history in Norway, and I think one of the reasons is is that it was out of necessity. Like they don't have the same culture of eating meat, most likely due to religious reasons. Um, so they had to look for the to the sea to find more food sources, and they had to find something that didn't need to be in refrigerated um, because back in those days they didn't exist. You know, this can be dried and then rehydrated when you need it. Um, but I think, like Angelita said, I think Norway's just been spoiled with that access to fish, um, that it's never needed anything more. And then, of course, um, with good um, uh, being able to also farm animals and access, yeah, they had enough of everything and they didn't need it. But now we know, and now we know we need to find a new protein source. We need to find new food sources that are sustainable so it's only now when the necessity is there that people are becoming interested also in Norway um, about seaweed. It's like going back in, in time a little bit to our roots. Um, I, I love that message as well because we, it, out of necessity, we're looking to the ocean for different things, including food source. I, I think people are becoming far more aware of just how much the ocean gives us. And I mean, that's part of my mission here is to note why any of this blue tech and blue economy matters to the everyday person. So thank you for bringing that up. And maybe you could get into the mission of your company a little bit. It sounds like you're not just seaweed, it's nutrition, and there must be some impact on, on the ocean. I mean, you know, our mission is to make seaweed accessible for everyone. Um, so that 
even the home cook or or for an adventurous meal or whatever it is that it's easy to use um, and accessible and that's because it's good for us as humans but it's also good for the planet Um, and and there is even at a political level in Norway there is um, a recognition that we have to find more food from the ocean and What's really interesting is that seaweed aquaculture is actually already the biggest aquaculture in the world. It just doesn't seem to exist so much on, in, in, in Europe. It's um, obviously mainly happening in Asia. So it will one day be really, really big um, and it is growing, but it's just taking a little bit longer than, um, than what we would want or what we hope. Absolutely. Is, is there something, if you could wave a magic wand, to borrow a phrase from a colleague of mine, if you could ma- wave a magic wand and make some change happen, um, what what would you change to push this forward? It's a tough question. <laughs> it's a tough question, but as Tamara said, um, our mission is to uh, really get the message out there and the products uh, that seaweed is really good for you and it's good for the planet um in so many ways that uh, just by farming it uh, say you it's a very climate friendly uh, food source and i guess we could have a whole hour and a whole podcast just about that <laughs> but one of our biggest challenges is to actually uh, get the message out to all people uh, in the in the western world that is not used to seaweed being a food source that this is actually a food for tomorrow and for the future and it's nutritious it has lots of proteins fibers it's antibacterial antiviral and it has antioxidants uh, it's so many great things about it but it takes time to change people's eating habits uh, it takes time to change the way you think about food and there is like this whole attitude towards uh, seaweed as being something you know rotting on the beach to something you put in your food and that's a big job to change that we're both physiotherapists you know we have knee pain you have to do your uh, your squats and your exercises it takes time for people realize uh that it has to be a part of my my daily routine and um if i could uh my big wish is that that job of that people knew how good this is that was already done i think my life would be a lot easier (laughs) (laughs) it's a perfect one yeah absolutely i you know being someone who i admit i did not like sushi or the idea of sushi when i was a kid but of course now i love it so it it's it's sort of a mental block you got to get over in some some cases Um, absolutely yeah I, i i love that you brought up that importance of seaweed because one of the questions I had for you you you're my first seaweed company on the podcast but I plan to have a couple more um seaweed is just so popular I know people in this space are hearing more and more about it more seaweed companies popping up here in the U.S. for sure um and you know some are making fertilizer some are doing alternatives to plastics and just hearing that there's so much that seaweed has to offer is exactly what I wanted to get to. What? Why does everyone care? Why are all these companies popping up? No, you know, I think we already know that the ocean is underutilised. Um, and we know that growing seaweed out on ropes 
uh, it buffers the ocean. So it is, as it grows, it is uh, absorbing CO2 and it's releasing oxygen. So it's like growing incredible Amazon rainforests under deep under the water. So unlike farming off the land, um, you don't need uh, pesticides, you don't need fresh water, um, you don't have to chop down rainforests. It is really, really good for the ocean. So once you have this biomass and, and can start growing it, it's also really exciting to see what can be made out of it. And exactly like you said, it is so exciting to see all these companies popping up and the fact that we, we will soon see plastic wrapping made out of seaweed or an alternative plastic, should I say, um, is so exciting. And we've actually uh, started testing some of our products already in humidity chambers with plastic, with the seaweed wrapping around it. Um, so we hope in the future we might even have our own seaweed products wrapped in seaweed. Um, yeah, but that is, as well as um, as a source of fuel, as well as, like you said, it's an incredible fertiliser. Um, we're involved in a um, study now that's going to be looking at as an antifungal agent um, and it's amazing animal feed. There's research to show that when you feed seaweed to chickens, you don't need as much antibiotics, um, uh, most likely due to its antiviral and antibacterial properties. Um, and when you feed seaweed to cows, uh, it, they reduce, uh, I think it reduces the methane emission from cows by up to 90%. So, you know, there are so many areas seaweed could be used for in the future and will be used for in the future. And then, of course, for human food, um, which is our area, um, it is really exciting. And um, I think it will be, it is something that is underutilised today and it, and it really will uh, just keep growing. You two are the gift that keeps on giving for me because you <laughs> now you've, <laughs> you've gone into, you, you tied into last episode, we did mention even about the, the methane emissions from cows and how seaweed can help reduce that according to studies. And now also with carbon uh, sequestration basically in, in seaweed, can you, are you able to measure or you know, kind of quantify your carbon impact at this point or you're not quite there yet? We, we have looked into it. There was a company that said that they could um, help us do those calculations, but no, we haven't gone further with it yet. It's something I'm really fascinated by. It, it's a big challenge that I think people are trying to address. So Absolutely. But one thing we are looking into is whether we can get our drying process um, in the future more that we use less energy, less electricity to dry uh, seaweed. So we're actually looking even this year into a research project where we can work out how to make it more efficient and how can we maybe even use solar panels in the future to capture enough energy to dry our seaweed. I mean, we've got 24 hours of daylight here and uh, over the summer months in Lofoten, so there must be a way um, in the future that we can, as a business, be even more sustainable than we are now. I, I can't believe, and I'm imagining that you didn't realize how much R&D there would be, research and development that you'd be as a seaweed, seaweed food company. But listen to you two, you're doing all sorts of innovative things. I know, and it's so exciting. And for me, uh, um, you know, harvesting and, and using seaweed as a food source was my absolutely first 
kind of introduction to seaweed but now my head is about to explode with new ideas and new businesses and I'm just we're just cheering for all of those people out there who are doing new and exciting things with seaweed but uh, there are so many things to learn and being you know well, should we say we're a bit of a pioneer in Norway, but being the ones paving the way, there's so much knowledge to uh, to be gained and so much uh, research and development, as you said, but it is so interesting. Uh, so I think that's part of the job is actually uh, super cool and fun. That's perfect. I mean, that's from a workforce development side on Blue Tech, I'm very, I'm interested in inspiring people who are, you know, into the ocean, and I, I want to work in this in this world. And you two are a perfect example of that too. Um, I wanted to, bef- before we run out of time, get into a little bit about the U.S. market. And I, I believe your products are now available on Amazon. So, is t- talk about that? Are you interested in the U.S.? What's the mission? What's the the goal there? So, yes, the U.S. has always been uh, an area of interest for us, uh, partly because we have an investor who is based in the U.S. who um, has opened up some channels for us and um, can support us um, as we grow. But also, this is a niche product that we are creating. And Norway is just too small. Um, So we really, we, we need a bigger market and we need a market that, is really interested in seaweed and is ready to take seaweed on. And we felt that the US was there. You're just that one step ahead. Um, So um, we are selling on Amazon. Um, We are about to actually uh, be on a new TV series called People of the North, which will be shown on the on uh, PBS channel, actually, on amongst many other channels in the US. So that will be um, aired in April. Um, so we hope with a little bit more exposure, um, we will uh, gain some traction with our sales. And and um, we had planned to physically come over, but with COVID, uh, that got, those plans got very much stalled. Um, so we have been focusing a little bit more over in Europe um, in the last years, but US is definitely... Um, a big goal for us coming up. Wonderful. I, I think you've made a huge stride in, in getting there. So congratulations on that. And I'll, I'll be sure to link to the PBS documentary in, in the description for the show and the Amazon link as well. Happy to do that. You get to see us in our uh, in our uh, really thick wetsuits going into the cold harvesting. So if anyone wants to see how we work uh, and uh, the food we make, that's um, that's a good place to uh, to get an impression of Lufoten and what we do. That's yeah, Lufoten is supposed to be a beautiful place. I've never been myself to the actual island, but I'm busting to go rock climbing there. Ooh. You have to yes, come, and then maybe you'll have yeah, you'll have to come out seaweed harvesting as well. <laughs> oh my goodness, I would love to try that. That's I. Do you think that you mentioned an investor here in the U.S.? Do you think that maybe that unique? You bring a lot of unique pieces, but the fact that you're out there hand harvesting yourself, do you think that that influences people to be interested in in investing in you, or is there some other point? that you would, you think is a draw. Sorry, go ahead. 
Uh, no, I'm just saying that our investor is actually, he lives in California, but he is from uh, northern part of Norway and has a house here in Lofoten. Uh, so he wasn't a stranger to the area and, and the people up here. Um, but I think the way we hand harvest seaweed, we get access to a lot of species that um, you can't farm just yet. It's, we don't have the technology to do that. Uh, so we can offer restaurants and food producers species uh, of seaweed that they can't get a hold of uh, anywhere else. Um, and the quality of the hand-picked seaweed is also very, very good. Uh, wild harvested seaweed has um, a lot of different qualities as well. So uh, for us, that has uh, been a big success for the, for the restaurant market as well as um, making products and developing products for home use. That sounds amazing. I I would love to get into the different species, but I'm going to leave that for people to research on your website, which I, I really enjoyed playing around. I see you have recipes and, and blog articles and all about health and everything. So it's a fascinating site to visit, www.lofotinseaweed.com. Lofotenseaweed.com. It'll the link will be in the description as well. But is there any other um, sort of last message you'd like to leave listeners with? Maybe a call to action. Um, I mean, I guess for me, um, it would just be like Angelita said, you know, waving that magic wand and wishing that everyone could just give it a go and just use that extra three minutes of headspace to work out how to incorporate it into your food because it is a real, really important food source for the future. Um, And everyone will have to try and make some small changes to the way they eat now in order for that, for it to become a reality. Um, So... So don't be scared to try it. Perfect message, Tamara. <laughs> yeah, don't be scared to try it. It's weed that's good for you, basically. <laughs> that's perfect. It's, that's exactly right. Everybody can play, make small changes and make a big difference ultimately. So really appreciate that message. And Oh, it's really great to have you two on the show. I think we could do a whole nother episode at some point. I would love to have you back on and and hear how it's progressing, particularly here in the U.S., because this is the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Um, But thank you. Thank you for being on the show, Angelita and Tamara. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you also to the listeners and to the American Shoreline Podcast Network for producing the show. Don't forget to let me know if you know of an innovator that you believe is a wave maker. And also consider sponsoring the podcast or the ASPN Network. Visit coastalnewstoday.com forward slash advertising or drop me a line by email tamara at ladybluetech.com. Have a great month, everybody. Mm-hmm.